Uh, we've been going through a series of sermons which uh, the overriding theme has been that God has called us to glorify him. That is your calling wherever you are. When you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed in the night, as you interact with your neighbors, as you interact at your place of work, as you interact with your um, members of your family, Really, God calls us to glorify him in everything. You know, what we say, you know, our thoughts, in our loves, the things that we love, um, wants us to, to glorify him. That's the calling. Now, that comes a little bit of a challenge when we find ourselves in adversity, in suffering situations, as the people, the audience that Peter is writing to, in this epistle, they found themselves in a, a, a very serious situation of suffering where they are being blamed for the burning of the city of Rome. And Pharaoh, um, the, 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 the emperor of that time, Nero, is, uh, has actually declared it official to persecute Christians. It was an okay thing to do. And so Peter writes to them, in that particular situation. And by the way, Peter is not removed from this situation. He's actually a part of it. So what he's writing them is he is telling them, this is what we, we ought to do. This is how, what God is telling us, us, me, Peter included. And yes, even though Peter is writing to pre-Christian times of the first century, these words are so applicable to us in the post-Christian 21st American society, very, very relevant to us. We live in a society that cares very little about glorifying God, cares very little. How then can we live in that society and continue to be able to glorify God as he would like us to do? And so how do we, how can we continue to do that? That has been the question that we've been trying to answer uh, through the, our sermons, and uh, the first answer for that was we want to do that by keeping our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that death is not the end. Death really does not have the last word on us. There is hope beyond the grave, and that keeps us going. You know, when the devil, the, 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 the last thing that the devil can scare us with is what? It's death. But we tell him, you know what, devil, we are not scared of death. Jesus has overcome death, and we are victorious in Jesus' name. And so we are not scared of death. What else can he scare us with? Absolutely nothing. And so we focus, uh, or we keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we saw that the, the Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And because of his resurrection from the dead, we too will one day be raised from the dead. And death and sin and the world will have no more power over us. That will be completely gone. Focusing on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And this last Sunday, we talked about having that mindset, a, my, a heavenly mindset, where everything that we do in our present life is actually done in view of our future life, the life that is to come our life in the heavenly uh, realms with where we will live with our, our Lord for eternity. 
Now today, the message for today, what Peter is telling us, what the apostle is telling us, ways in which we can be able to continue to glorify God, even in the midst of situations of suffering, is that we should love one another. It's a wonderful gift that God has given us as a church to be able to experience something that nobody else, no club, no society can be experienced what we experience as children of God. Love, loving one another is what the call is for us today. It is. It becomes a source of security for us. When, when you are out there in the world, like now, if we go back a little bit to the time of uh, the people, the, the audience that Peter is writing to, when they are out there in the world, they are suffering because the world hates them. The world, uh, anybody can just come along and just hate you because you are a Christian. But then how, when they come back together as brothers and sisters in the Lord, that provided for them a sense of love, security, a place you want to belong, uh, a place of encouragement, a place where you feel once again you are actually in a family, a place where you belong. And, And that now comes to us even today. God is calling us as a church, as, uh, to, to live together as a family, loving one another is our calling. So Trinity, do you love one another? Do you love one another? Now, this love that God is calling us to has three characteristics, and we'll be looking at these three characteristics. And the first characteristic is that this love that God is calling us to is characterized by what I am going to call phileoness, from the word phileo. So the, the, the calling that God is calling us to love one another is characterized by phileoness. Now let me explain. I know that's an, a, a strange word. That's actually my creation anyway. So in the English language, the word love is a little bit general, very general. Uh, in fact, very unspecific. Because sometimes we say, I love my dog. And at the same mouth and the same word, I say, I love my wife. I love God. I love geography. Oh, I love Pizza, you know, all these kinds of, I I love, where is that lady? I love the egos. (laughs) Oh, here you are, sorry. (laughs) Um, So, so what do I mean? At the same time, I, I love pizza, I love Nancy, my wife. What do I mean there? In the Greek language, it's very specific. In fact, very uh, uh, precise in, t- in the way it uses the word love so that, um, it's, it's very distinct. So there is word for every kind of love. There are many, actually, they are not four. We are four common ones, but there is actually more than four. But I'm going to give you the four that are very common 
are distinctive uses of the word love. The first one is eros, eros love. And that eros love is romantic kind of love. It's a love between lovers. So the kind of love that my wife and I experience is that is the kind of love called eros love. And so when I'm talking about telling my wife, I love you in the Greek language, I'll use the word eros. There's another word, the second word is called storge, storge. Now, storge is more of an affectionate love. This is love between friends. So you can call it friendship love, love that exists between friends. A third category of love is agape love, which most of us know. A lot of people call it the God love, and it is God love. But really to understand it better is actually a self-sacrificial, self-giving kind of love. That's what agape is. It's a kind of love where there is that self-sacrifice. It's a kind of love that is seeking the best of the other. In other words, it's a, it's a kind of love I'm really totally removed from any benefits. I'm just doing this for you a hundred percent. And that is the kind of love we have experienced from Jesus Christ. His death on the cross was an expression of that agape love for us, for the elect children of God. Agape love. And guess what? When, the, when God commands us in the Bible and says, uh, when Jesus gave this summary of the law, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and also said, and love your neighbor as yourself, in both cases, love God and love your neighbor is agape love. It is that self-sacrificial, self-giving kind of love. And so, and, and by the way, that agape love that we are commanded in the Bible is actually for Christians as well as for non-Christians. So we are commanded to love even non-believers with that kind of agape love. But in this text, now where we are today, the word used there is not any of those three. It is the word Phileo. And Phileo, you can connect it with Philadelphia. Phileo is actually familial, family, family from the word family is familial love. But a lot, a lot of people like to call it brotherly love. And when you say brotherly love, remember also it's a sisterly love because it's actually familial love. It's love that is experienced between a brother and a sister, between a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister, a mother and a child. That kind of love is what is phileo, familial love. That is the love, the kind of love that we are being called to practice here. So it is not necessarily that God is telling us, oh, you are not supposed to love unbelievers. No, no, no. We already said, yes, there is that command to love our believers, non-believers. But this particular call here, which says love one another, phileo, from the word phileo, love one another is talking about loving each other as members of the body of Jesus Christ. Loving one another. So in other words, Trinity, God is calling you to love each other as members of the same family. 
Now, this is a very wonderful calling. And, and the reason God is calling us to this is because we now belong to a new relationship. Coming to Jesus Christ brings us or creates for us a new relationship. So that even though in your family there is a father, there is a mother, there is children, in this new family relationship that we come into, there is only one father. And everybody else there is a brother and sister. We are all brothers and sisters in the big extended family of God. And he calls us in that family to love one another. It becomes a kind of a security for us. It becomes a kind of a refuge. You know, when you are out there in the world for those six days of whatever number of you, you are out there working, you know, and then um, on Sunday you get together, or maybe within the week you have a time when you gather together. It is a, a moment of where you are actually coming to a place of security, a place of uh, where you know that you belong. And you belong in a sense that where you can feel free to really express yourself. And you know these are people that are not just going to be there to judge you for, for what you have done. Now, if some, if one of us is in sin, what happens? Do we kick that person away? Oh, you don't belong here. No, we welcome that person. The Bible says confront in love. We are still loving that person regardless of what they have done. They are still embraced. They know that they still belong. They still belong as members of that extended family of God. And so we belong together. And God is calling us to love with that phileo, phileo kind of a love, phileo kind of love. So that is the first characteristic of the love that God is calling us to exercise, to practice among ourselves as believers, as a body, a body of believers, body of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing, the second characteristic, so the, the first characteristic is what I described as phileoness or familial, is a familial kind of a love. The second char- characteristic of this love is that it is love that is sincere. Sincerity. This is another very interesting word. It actually is translated from a Latin word. And this Latin word actually means without wax. Without wax. Hmm. What does that mean? Okay. Here's a a good way to understand it. So you go to a, a wood carving store. And you are going there to buy um, a carving. Maybe you want to buy a carving of uh, a giraffe. A big one. You've seen one there. It's big and you love it. You love it. <laughs> and you want to buy it. So then um, you buy it, looking nice, bring home. And then after some time, you look at it. And somewhere on that maybe lower part of the neck, the long neck, you see a kind of a crack there. There's like a kind of a line, a connection that you never saw when you bought it. And in fact, after some time, 
The entire neck falls down. Uh-oh, what happened? So what happened is that before they brought it there, actually the neck was already disconnected. And what they did is that they put glue, they glued it together and waxed it around so that it's not visible. Okay? So that waxing is where this word comes from. Without wax, without a covering, without a mask, without hypocrisy. God is calling us to love one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord without a, without wax, without hypocrisy. In other words, to love one another sincerely, to love one another with that kind of love that is authentic. To love one another sincerely as a second characteristic of the call that is that God is calling us to. And finally, thirdly, this kind of call that God is giving us, this kind of love, is love that is characterized by phileo-ness, family love, family kind of love. It is characterized by sincerity. But finally, it is characterized by earnestness. The word used in the, in the NIV is to love deeply. That's our heart. So that, um, uh, the, the pe- people around you can sense that, yes, she really loves me. He really loves me from the heart. It is a kind of love that is not passive. It is not just a kind of love that says, oh, how are you doing? Um, uh, and by the way, it is okay to say, I will uh, pray for you. Actually, that is an active way of uh, uh, helping a person. Some people say, it just says, I'll, I'll pray for Yes, it is an active way of, of helping, uh, of participating in the suffering or the needs of another person. But on top of praying for another person, what else can I do to help that person in their situation? If that person is sick in the hospital, what can I do to show that I, I really love you earnestly? It may, requ- it may require of me to actually go and visit that person. Or maybe write a get well soon card. Or um, uh, whatever it may need to be done. Maybe do something, bring food home uh, for, uh, for that family to help in that particular situation. If one of us is grieving, what can we do to show that love from the heart? If one of us is having an, an, uh, an illness that is terminal, what can we do to show that person that we love them from the heart? God is calling you, Trinity, to love one another with that kind of phileo kind of love, to love one another with that kind of sincerity and to love one another with kind of earnestness, deeply coming from the heart. Now, God is calling us to love one another with that kind of a brotherly and sisterly love, love that is sincere, love that is earnest. He is reminding us that that, that Christians are actually a community of love. 
We are a family of love, a family that love one another, a family that experiences love uh, from one to, to the other. And this is regardless of many differences that may have. You know, love does not call for uniformity in terms of the way we live our lives. No, that is not what God is calling us to. He's calling us to love one another in spite of and regardless of our differences. So, for example, even though John and Joseph belong to different political parties, they do not allow those ideologies and their affiliations to determine their relationship. Their relationship is based on the fact that they belong to the family of God. That is what determines their relationship. And even though Mary and Jane may belong to different social, racial backgrounds, again, they do not allow, they refuse to allow those backgrounds to determine who their their basic relationships. They know that and their, 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 their relationship is based and dictated by the fact that they are belonging to, they do belong together as, as sisters in the family of God. And even though Martin and Daniel may come from, may belong to, to different social status, maybe Daniel is poor and Martin is rich, they do not allow those differences, those social differences to dictate their relationship. Because Daniel happens to be richer, he's not going to, ex- to experience superiority over, 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 over Martin and vice versa. Martin is not going to experience inferiority in his relationship with, with Daniel. There is a relationship that much deeper than that. And that is they together belong to the family of God. And they love one another as brother, as brothers, because they belong together in that family of God. This is how in the New Testament, where you have Christians uh, who are Jews and Christians who are Gentiles, you have Christians who are, who are Greeks and, Greek, and Christians who are barbarians loving one another. How come they could love each other even though there was these many ideological differences and political differences for, for sure? How come they could love, love one another? It's because again, they understood that they belonged together as members of the same family of God. And that is what God is calling us to do. And as I said earlier, this kind of love does not require uniformity. Now, I want to give you a very personal example here where I personally experience what I'm talking about here. I experienced this kind of love. So I came to this country in the year 2001. I had left my family home uh, back in Kenya. 
and I came to Grand Rapids, Michigan to attend a a Calvin Theological Seminary there. And I remember the very first Sunday, there is a, a church, Woodlawn Christian Reformed Church, that is right on campus. Of uh, actually, so, so Calvin Seminary there is also the Calvin College. So, uh, so Woodlawn Christian Reformed Church is right on campus of uh, the college, and that's where most of the seminarians and uh, and uh, also college students attend. So I attended a church that very first Sunday. It was August of two thousand one, and I remember right away I was noticed. The pastor recognized me and asked me, hey, can you stand up and greet us and tell us who you are? Right away. And and I I felt a sense of belonging almost immediately. The songs they are singing are familiar. And by the way, when you come from Kenya and you have never been to this country before, and people ask you, uh, what 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 do you see as different? I'd say, I tell, my, my answer to that is everything is different. <laughs> everything. In Kenya, we happen to be, um, uh, to, to have been a, a British colony. And so most of the things we do in Kenya are very English type, British. So even the switching, I don't know if you knew, switches, the light switch, we switch it the opposite way. Um, uh, you know, Americans switch it up in, you know, the British switch it down. And those little things, little things. I remember one time I was crossing over from the dormitories and there is, um, um, East Belt Line. Some of you are aware of, of Grand Rapids. There's East Belt Line. So I'm on this side coming from the dormitories, uh, going to the seminary side. And so I'm crossing East Belt Line. And instead of looking this way, I looked that way. Why? Because in Kenya, we drive on the right side of the road. <laughs> we drive on the left. And here is, is right. So my mind was still thinking Kenya way. I almost got knocked by a car then. Almost, I did not, but I, I almost got knocked by a car. But anyway, so many things are different when you come to, to this country. So I come to this country, I come to, to this church, and <clears throat> after being there here for a week, and now I'm hearing familiar songs. You know, they are singing in English, but they are very familiar. They're the same songs that we used to sing. The, the language, the Bible, the everything, it, you just sense this is where I belong. And so then they recognize me, they ask me to stand up, they, uh, I'm greeted, I greet the church. Uh, soon after that meeting, there is this g- gentleman, his name is Pete, who follows me up. He's a member of the deacon board, and he just wants to know more about me. What are your needs? What's going on? Can we, wh- how can we help you? And uh, just an embrace that was just so amazing. And so this gentleman, Pete Noor, ends up becoming a wonderful friend of mine. His family, up to today, his mother and, ma- and, and, uh, and, and, and dad are, are actually my American parents. I refer to them as mom and dad. They embraced me. They would be inviting me every week to say, if you, if you, if you have time and you want to come for dinner on Sunday, please come. I was going every Sunday because I loved it. <laughs> Within the week, they would say, uh, if you find time, come, you know, and Pete would come pick me up. We go and have, you know, dinner together. The mother, uh, and really I call her mom. She would come and get my clothes. 
to go and wash them. And do you know what else he washed? Everything. I'm not going to mention <laughs> everything. I, I kind of hid some clothes. No, no, no. I'm going to get everything. I wash all the clothes for you. I mean, what a love. What a love. Um, so then it continued like this. And um, um, so I will be praying with the No family. And they asked me, so what are your, your needs that we should be praying for? And I told them, the main need I have is that I really would love to, uh, to go to Kenya this December to see my family. I'm really missing my, my family. Um, so they took it and, and we are praying for it. <clears throat> and then one day, I'm invited by the deacon. Woodlawn Christian Reform Church. So uh, at 6 p.m., I met with them. And they asked me a lot of questions. Uh, so we hear that you want to go home. Tell us a little bit about it. So I just expressed to them how this was really, I had never been separated from my family for more than a week. That is the most I remember one time I had to go to Nairobi to do so. To, our, our church was reviewing their constitution. And I, I was the representative from the college where I was teaching. Uh, and that's the only, about the only time I remember staying away from my family for, for the longest. So I was really missing my family. So then we talk about it, and then they say, okay, tell us a little bit about it. So I tell them everything, and then they tell me, okay, we want you to go. We will get back to you. So I went back to the dormitory. And at around, maybe it was seven-ish, a call from Pete, my friend Pete No. And he says, Fred, uh, myself and uh, Richard Housecamp, who is another member of the board, are coming. We, we are going to come over. We want to, keep, to pick you up and take you to Starbucks. Starbucks. Hmm. I didn't know what Starbucks was. <laughs> but somehow, I, you know, a good place. <laughs> so came, took me to, uh, it was just about a five minutes uh, drive, maybe between five to seven minute drive to Starbucks. So we go, ordered, um, you know, coffee and everything. And I'm just looking at them. I don't know, what, what are they? What is it? What do you want to tell me? So at some point, Pete, uh, no, Richard begins to talk. And he tells me, Alfred, the board has decided that they are not going to bring your children to you. Oh, my goodness. That. They are actually, sorry, they are not going to send you to Kenya. Instead, they are going to bring the children to you. They are going to bring the family to you. Say, what? And they have actually also decided that they are going to be giving you a stipend every month. You know, I'm hearing all this. I just cannot help to, you know, tears are just coming, coming out of my eyes uncontrollably. And as if that was not enough, Pete, my friend, begins to talk. And he tells me, and I, Pete, uh, Alfred, Peter is talking, he says, I am going to move out of my house, and I'm going to have you and your family live in my house for a year. Pete was living in a four-bedroom house, and he is deciding to move out of his house to go and live with his family so that I and my family can actually live in his house. And we ended up living in this house for two years. 
And it was just overwhelming, overwhelming love that is beyond explanation. Um, later on, so my family are supposed to come in, in December of the same year, 2001. Um, unfortunately, my dad passed away around that time. Actually, about the week that they were supposed to, to, to travel to come. And when my father passed away, uh, I actually got the information on a Sunday morning. At that time, I had moved uh, to the new house, to Pete's house, and we were working on it, painting, and just preparing for, so that my, for my family. So I get a call very early in the morning. Uh, my wife had actually contacted uh, the bishop of our church. She could not communicate that to me. Uh, she had uh, the bishop of our church um, call me and, and uh, communicate that, uh, which was heartbreaking. But then Pete, I went and informed Pete, my, my friend. And then finally we, we got, we went to church and the, the pastor made that announcement about the passing of my dad. And, uh, so, so my friend, another friend I was sitting, talked a little bit. Um, so this is Sunday. By Monday at 2 p.m., a ticket had been bought for me by a friend, apparently anonymously. And he said he didn't want to be known, but I was told it was a gentleman who was sitting right behind me at the balcony who said he wanted me to, to go to, to, to Kenya when, uh, to, to, to attend my father's funeral. Um, and, and arrangements were made very quickly. And within like that week, I was flying to return to Kenya. And, and I'm sharing all this to say, this is a complete stranger. They would have just looked at me and never cared about me. He is a different person um, and never just care about me. But now Woodlawn Christian Reformed Church did not do that. They embraced me. They showed me what it is to love one another as members of the same family. And I'm sharing this to, to you, uh, even to, to challenge you. That, um, you know, if, that God would help you as a church. And I'm, I'm not saying this because I've seen, seen anything, but are your eyes open enough? Are you looking outside of even with, of yourselves to see who is it that may need this kind of love? That, that just makes such an impact. The love that Christian, see, um, uh, uh, Woodlawn Christian Reformed Church showed me, has impacted me, has impacted my wife and my children. We have a family in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that I call mom and dad, and that my children call grandma and grandpa in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we have a church there that we know this church loves us. We have traveled there several times for our vacations and stayed for a week. And guess what? Up to today, the moment we get there, Pete moves out of the house, and we occupy that house for a week or two weeks, whatever number of weeks we want to be there, and goes and, and spends the time with his parents. It's, it's just um, a wonderful love that uh, we have been shown. And so that's my challenge uh, to you today, uh, Trinity, to really love one another. It, it's a wonderful thing. So the world in which we live is difficult out there, and we need that kind of security within the body of believers, the family of God, a community of love, a family of love. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. We praise you for your call today. 
for us as, uh, as a body of believers, Lord, to love one another. Help us, Lord. Help us to love one another. We praise you and we give glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, my wife and I are going to sing a song, and um, this is a song that is calling us, um, is, is really a prayer kind of a song to ask God to, uh, to, to, to send his love, to enfold us with his love. It's a familiar song that I know, probably many of you know it, it's this, what we call the spirit song, and uh, we're going to, to sing that. <clears throat> She stole my water. <laughs> okay. Um, good. All right. I had to be obedient. He said to bring it there. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Oh, let us you be the spirit and his love. Let him bring your heart and his soul inspire your soul. And he's made it like a dream. He
going to go into a, a time of uh, congregational prayer. Let us pray. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, the Lord God Almighty, the King of Kings and the Lord God Almighty, the one who is above all gods, the one who was and is and is to come, the Lord God who is from eternity to eternity. We come before you with thanksgiving and praise, lifting your name on high because of who you are. And particularly, Lord, praising you and thanking you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, for sending him to this world so that he can come and, and find us, we who were lost. We praise you, Lord, that he left that glory in heaven and was willing to humble himself so that he can come and reach down to us. Lord, uh, we praise you that Jesus Christ, who himself was rich, he became poor so that we who are poor can become rich. What a wonderful exchange, Lord, exchange of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, placing it upon us and taking our sin upon himself so that we can be accepted, acceptable before you, so that we do not have to perform because we are already accepted, accepted children in the family of God. So, Father, help us. Help us to increase in our love for you, Lord, that we will love you with the affections of our hearts. We will love you, Lord, with the thoughts of our minds. Help us, Lord. Increase our hunger for you. Increase our, our, our thirst, O oh Lord, for the Spirit. O oh Lord, so that as we, we walk our lives, Lord, we will be reminded of, of who we are in you and that we will continue to live a life that reflects who we are in you, O oh Lord, a life of obedience, a life of faith, a life of trust.